When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Olay Speaks podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Dane, coming for episode 165, our first midweek episode, official midweek episode. So if you want to listen to this one, the episode that came out on Monday, recapping the season opening win over Udinese or our season preview episode, feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. And if you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to give us a nice five-star rating and review because we always appreciate those, especially from the OGs who've been with us from the very beginning. So we are looking ahead to the weekend's fixture against Bologna. So I will do that with the regular crew here of Sam Lopresti. Hello, Sam. It is fun to be here in in the midweek, isn't it, Danny? Yes. Yes, it is. We've got Chucks. Hello, Chucks. Hey, good day, lads. Yeah, it's a new routine, but you know, let's uh, let's see how this goes. That's right, lads. And our, our lad down in Mexico City, Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey, fellas. Happy to be here. It's the first time in midweek debut episode of, of the of the midweek episode. So happy happy to be doing this. Hopefully, people like it. Uh, we in the previous post when we announced it, a lot of people seem to be happy about that. So yes, you know, hopefully, you like this. Hopefully, hopefully. And obviously the big question coming out of Juve's season opening win, and especially after that first half in which they absolutely blitz Udinese, is can Juventus keep this going? So, Sergio, I'll throw it right back to you. Can Juventus keep this going? Well, sure. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Go on, then. Go on, if you assume, as we discussed in the in the previous episode, that this team looks different, uh, I, I think there's a lot of things that, that can and should translate uh, to their home opener. So I, I want to believe that a lot of that good stuff can, can translate and can continue. Then again, they are going against the trend of two, I think almost three years now, in which they've never really been able to sustain a good, you know, good form for a long while, right? Like it, it's been kind of stop and start, stop and start. And that was the case, I think, with, with you know, all the way back to, to the Andrea Pirlo year and this two Max Allegri-led seasons in which it's been a team that that struggles to, you know, that can look good here and there and in spurts, but that, that has struggled to maintain that form. So 
if you want to believe that this team is is different and then that can, you know, a lot of the good things that we saw are not just flashes of talent or like good, you know, momentary sports, but like actual development and growth. I I think they they can sustain it. And, you know, they're lucky that they're playing another team that, you know, no no disrespect to to Bologna, but who who will probably not be uh, competing, you know, for for any titles anytime soon. So uh, the, the optimist in me wants to say yes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all going to depend on, uh, as I mentioned in a previous episode, on if we revert to our old habits again, or I should say really if Allegri <laughs> reverts to his old habits again of that very uh, cautious, uh, that's the word I'm looking for, yeah, cautious style of football where it's, you know, safety first and then if we get an opportunity, okay, pounce on it, but only if you get an opportunity. Uh, rather than what we saw against Udinese, which was uh, extremely proactive football, pleasantly so, like, you know, and clearly it worked. But that's, I mean, that's really the big question to me. Uh, If we, yeah, if we just decide to make that a new identity, I guess, of Juventus, uh, or if we just, you know, if that was just an exception, um, I don't know. I hope it's, you know, I hope it's a theme, not, you know, just an anomaly. If anything, I mean, this is the season you would really do that because, of course, there's no Europe. But, you know, with fewer games being played, I think you can afford to play more intensely in each game because there's just less of a workload on the players. uh, And there's no random World Cup (laughs) thrown in between, uh, you know, in the season. So, you know, this is really the season to do that. So, you know, let's see if it happens against Bologna. Yeah, I, I think that the big question for this, for, for this atti- new attitude that we've seen out of the team is, does it survive the first time Juventus gets punched in the mouth? You know, does Allegri keep doing this or, you know, the first time Juve leak a goal or two, does he just go right back into turtling up? If it's the latter, then we might start seeing problems as the season goes on. But if he if he keeps it going, if he keeps pushing at it, then then yeah, I think that he could. It's 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 really it it it's so much about will, you know, the will in in the coaching in the coach's box and as that trickles down into the players. And that, like I said, you know, the first time that Juve gets, you know, takes a hit Will they recover and keep and keep going, or will they just kind of retract? Yeah, I think it. It you know we looked at when the schedule came out, and it was a thing of where it's like, okay, if Juve are to get on an early season kind of roll, this early part of the schedule right out of the gate would be the thing that allows them to, because there's not. You know, I think I think Maurizio Sarri is already complaining about how the Serie A schedule is is stacked up for Lazio, where it's like, you know, we've got X amount of games away from home and it's against bigger clubs. And, you know, it's basically like, you know, we were facing a gauntlet right out of the bat. Whereas that big, you know, that big old club Lecce that beat that. <laughs> I was just going to make a joke about it. Was just Heavy hitters Lecce. Right. <laughs> he was grumpy before kickoff and even more, even grumpier afterwards. And I think for Juventus, you know, you look at it and it's like, this is the perfect opportunity where you've got, a full week in between these first three games to not only, 
you know, if you are to play, you know, a more higher pressing, higher intensity, higher energy kind of game, you're not worried about, oh crap, we've got another game in three days. You can, you know, you can rest up. You can give your guys a, a full day off on Monday or Tuesday and, and have them come back ready to, ready to train. You know, you've obviously got uh, a relatively healthy squad outside of Sergio's beloved Matteo Dichilio. So you can, you know, have guys go full bore for 60 minutes and then bring somebody else on for the final 30. So I feel like if, if this is a chance for Juve to get going here, this would be it. I mean, obviously, you know, we saw it last season, what, third game of the season, here comes Roma into Turin, and then they play well for the first half, and then, uh-oh, what happened after that? So, yeah, I mean, this is this is going to be the the thing where if Max Allegri is to say, hey, this, this kind of play isn't a one-off, I don't think it, there might be anything better than playing the way they did against Udinese, but doing so in front of the home fans that obviously have been uh, a little hungry for Juventus to play some good football at the, uh, at the Allianz the last few years. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, you mentioned the, you know, how you can freshen up the squad and how you can kind of start to build up that, that identity without so much squad rotation, which I think was something that because of the, you know, injuries, schedule crunch and everything. It was something that I think other teams, previous Juve teams also struggle a lot with, you know, just kind of building that, that, that chemistry, that kind of like, you know, day in, day out. Uh, I think that was something that was lacking last season. And I think with this, you know, just playing once a week, I think it can help. And and we'll see how much squad rotation we get, if any. Uh, I think that the, the thing that to me is going to be really interesting to see is if, if Max Allegri repeats uh, this, you know, the lineup that played against Udinese, which I think he should, you know, one guy that is, is going to be, uh, interesting to see what happens with him is Philip Kostic, who was as of two weeks ago, one of the, the guys that we were slotting in as a, as a surefire starter. And is suddenly, you know, it, it's going to be interesting if that trend continues of now he doesn't even get to play because he wasn't even the the first sub of, you know, on the field when, you know, against Udinese, that was Samuel Lillian Jr. So it, it it's going to be interesting to see that because now suddenly all those rumors about him maybe being on the outs kind of uh, take a lot more, you know, credence if, if he doesn't play against Bologna. Yeah, and I hope that's not the case. I, I hope that that being, you know, I hope it's not the case that suddenly people will say, well, this is proof that Kostic is going to leave and that he does indeed leave. I very much hope he stays. For the simple fact that he just gives us a different tactical option. He's a very different player from Cambiaso. And I think you just need that tactical variety in your team. Uh, you need a player who will, you know, like I said in a previous episode, who will underlap and kind of drift more centrally and be more uh, involved in the attacking play as in, you know, maybe taking shots more often. And then you need a type of player where, you know, okay, you need a plan B. You want to just bang in crosses and, you know, run to the byline. You have that player there as well as that, that is an option too. So um, I think it's just important to have different options. So I, you know, very much would hope Kostic uh, wouldn't see this as kind of a, okay, I'm out of here or that anybody forces him out of the club. Uh, but also, you know, to add to that, um, I think I mentioned this a few, few weeks ago, just on the topic of Kostic. Uh, which is, again, you know, let's remember he played a lot of minutes last season. 
And then he, of course, had the World Cup with, you know, obviously a lot of other players did too. But, you know, he had the World Cup and the season before that with Frankfurt, he, you know, they went all the way to the final and they, you know, won the Europa League. So that was a long season. And then coming into a season at Juventus, another long season, plus the World Cup. So really, I, I mean, I think it would be okay for him to, you know, the first month or so of this season to not play too much and just, you know, kind of take a breather, really. Um, I think that'll be well-deserved and, you know, perfectly fine. And again, I think this is kind of the time, this is the type of season where you do that with the fewer, you know, fewer number of games and the lower workload. And plus we have a, yeah, I mean, a more generous start to the season in terms of games. I mean, obviously Lazio coming up and, and Sassuolo, but, you know, and Lecce, and although the mighty Lecce did just beat Lazio, so yeah. I should actually retract that a little bit. But I think the in- international break is coming up relatively soon as well. I forget exactly when. I think it's after week three. Okay, so then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then like mid-September-ish or early, early September, I guess, yeah. So, you know, oh yeah, okay, so that would be after the Empoli game then. So, you know, those first three games, I mean, Empoli obviously, you know, gave us a bit of a frolicking uh last uh last time we played them but yeah um, there were there were a few other things going on that day there so <laughs> yeah indeed indeed but i think just for these first three games you know the one that passed against udinese and then bologna and empoli yeah i mean just give them a breather and then hopefully the serbia coach doesn't i don't know play him too much in their games and then come back out against lazio with you know and just yeah get back into it again well, I, I can safely say who Bologna won't have on their left wing, and uh, that <laughs> is the guy who everybody is currently raving about on Juventus's left wing. Isn't that right, Sam? Yeah, you know, Cambiasso <laughs> really came into his own after after Thiago Malta took over took over at Bologna for Sinisa Mihailovic, rest in peace. But and I do think that this there's some new looks with Bologna. You know, Jerdy Shouten is gone. Uh, who were some of the other ones? Arnautovic. Arnautovic is yeah. Arnautovic is the big one. I, I guess they're they're going to be probably relying more on Musa Barrow than than ever before, and also Joshua Zirkzi. He's uh, uh, one of your countrymen, Jacks. But you know, the, the, this is going to be much like Udinese last week. It, it was a team in you know in a little bit of flux after the transfer window, and so we'll we'll see how. Tatiago Monta manages them. I do think that, you know, there's one of the big things to look out for in this match is also what the reaction of the home fans is going to be. You know, you've, we've heard that the the new board has, has been talking with them about trying to get the the ultras about trying to get them more involved in the, in things again, you know, it, it hasn't exactly been the the fortress that it once was. And a lot of that has to do to do with the fact that the team has not played well and so they're not exactly you know getting a big enthusiastic uh response for that but also you know the the ultras i mean i, I i'm on record as talking as having my deep dislike of ultra culture but you know they are a part of that ambiance and if they get back into things then you know then that stadium's going to be loud again and so we'll see if if that turns into into a really you know into an element again and i think we'll see the first uh the first shot of that 
you know, this weekend. I'll also, I'll, I'll say one thing to you, Sergio, is that if Nicolo Fagioli can handle starters minutes, I would re- put him in for Medetti and make that my one change over last week's lineup. Yeah, that's probably fair. That's probably fair. I think he came in, you know, against Udinese and he, you know, it was it was a second half that, you know, we talked about in the previous episode that we're just cruising, but uh, he, he still, he looked a little bit rough to me still, you know, in, in terms of rusty, like he's obviously getting back into the level after his injury. So if 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 they want to give Minetti another start, I think that that'd be good. But yeah, definitely. I think, you know, once Fagioli goes comes back to the level that we know that he can get, I I I think he he should be the starter for sure. I agree on that. Yeah, I think the likes of uh, Fagioli and uh whenever, if ever, uh Paul Pogba. Um who knows you know, ever. Yeah, who knows sometime in this uh in a universe far away. He <laughs> um, he was I will say this, he did warm up against you today. He didn't come oh, on, okay. but he was warming up. So at oh. least there's progress, I guess. I don't know. I mean, that is good. Yeah. a couple of weeks ago, we weren't expecting him to even be called up for this game, let alone potentially coming in. So true. Yeah. That is true. Yes. Um, right move by Allegri not to bring him in. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's yeah. no there, at at three nil. There is no reason to to you know risk another multi month injury over you know tripping over himself. <laughs> well, that that's pretty much any time he comes onto the field now. Unfortunately. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the and that's the big problem is that you know we're spending a significant chunk of our money on a guy that is a ticking time bomb. Yeah, that's a, remains a sore topic, but, um, <laughs> and rightly so it's, it's frustrating, but yeah, the likes of Paul Pogba and Fajoli, I think those are players where at the moment, I don't think there's a need to, I mean, obviously Pogba not, but Fajoli as well. Um, there's not really much of a need to start them. You know, coming off injuries, you know, just give him, give him 10, 20 minutes at the end of games if if the situation permits it. You know, they yeah, they just need to work their way back, uh, work their way back to fitness. And again, obviously, Pogba is just you know a very um, particular case. But um, again, just with the international break coming up, um, I think that's also a time where I would assume that those two players, specifically Pogba and Fajoli, would not be called up just because of you know. I, assume that national team coaches are you know smart enough to realize that they're just you know not 100 fit so that's just the moment they can take an extra you know week or 10 days to just work out and get back to fitness and then after that i would yeah start to kind of reintegrate them uh into the first team well i guess to uh kind of close things out here since the midweek episodes will be a little shorter than our usual monday episodes uh we'll take a page out of my match preview book and who are some of the players that we're looking forward to this weekend to uh, hopefully play well and a la, you know, Andrea Cambiasso and Federico Chiesa play a play a starring starring role against potentially against Bologna. I'm interested in what do in what Dusan Vlaovic has for an encore, even though he played a really good game against Udinese, it was not a high volume game for him. He only touched the ball 21 times and he only had one shot, which was the penalty. Uh, But he did, he was a lot more active in trying to draw defenders into him away from the ball. He, you know, he had two key passes. So he was, he was also, and, and the assist to Chiesa. So he was distributing pretty well. 
you know, I'd I'd like to see how he continues to go, and if he's gonna, you know, if his form really takes a big uptick this year, that's going to be huge for us. Um, and I'll, that's one of the guys that I'm really looking at. Just to throw one question right back to you about Dusan Sam, do you, how much do you think him staying composed in a good kind of way is going to be big for him? especially to start out the season. Cause as we noticed, you know, when we saw him last season, especially towards the end, it was very grumpy. It was very emotional uh, and not so much in a good way. I didn't see, you know, much pouting against Udinese other than probably when he should have had a, a, a foul called on him and there was no foul called on him. And he was asking for a card because he was very, very much, uh, prevented from being part of the counterattack. So I guess just yeah. how much do you think kind of his, his attitude these next few weeks will kind of play into his play? Uh, a lot. He is the kind of guy that wears, you know, that wears his feelings on his sleeve. And, and it was just so clear how frustrated he was last year because things just weren't working out for him. Even you, when you, the gimmies, you know, he, he missed that penalty. That was a, just it, it was a I think so a, a lot of it was mental a lot of it was also just not being put in a position for a striker like him to be able to succeed and, but that that did get into his head and so it's going to be really really interesting to see how engaged he stays you know and he did he was putting in a he put in a shift on Sunday and I'm you know that that is like you said that's another thing to look to look at you know if if he's if his attitude is team and not me, you know, that that's a big, that's a big jump forward for him. Yeah. Just on, uh, on the Vlaovic thing, I, I mentioned multiple times last season that he just, uh, he always struck me as a player who was very easily agitated and just very like, I don't want to say sensitive, but just very qu- quickly can get emotionally, uh, I don't know, just, on, on tilt or something just a lot of little things during games with just you know fouls or just kind of like too much physical contact from defenders which is really really get to him and you know i hope he can kind of get that under control is i mean it's to me it's a case of just emotional regulation and just calming down and just you know realizing it does him more damage than you know the defenders so yeah hopefully you can kind of get that in control but hey it's it's i'm sure that's something a lot of us struggle with i mean you know we all uh can get <laughs> you know irritated with people and uh people are crazy uh as well in regular society but yeah to answer your question of uh players to watch or player to watch i'll actually say uh tim wea um if he starts assuming he starts because against udinese you know i i mentioned how basically every attack went down the left left side i think it was 50 something percent versus 20 two percent or something like that on his side on Wea's side so you know he wasn't very involved in the attack that means just that i guess his role is more a bit more conservative than you know cambiaso is the one really going forward bombing forward and really very proactively joining the attack and Wea was a little more withdrawn you know kind of kind of more to backup option in case you know a counterattack happens and to kind of cover cover the defense so, yeah, to watch him, to watch Wea, it, to see if that, again, will be the case, and will that be a recurring theme throughout the season where he's the the backup, the 
not backup in terms of, you know, that he's not starting, but just the backup in terms of, you know, he's he's holding back to cover the defense in case a counterattack happens, which makes sense given his pace. He can, you know, he can cover quite well in case, you know, <laughs> we lose the ball and the opposition hits us on the break. So, yeah, just curious to see kind of what his long-term role will be in the team if that's if he's going to be the more defensive-ish type wing back. Yeah, I think for me, you know, I was actually going to say Timo as well because against Sudanese, you know, he he got pulled at halftime and I would like to see more of him. But, you know, going, you know, given, given that Chuck's already talked about him, I'm going to go on the other wing and then talk about Cambiaso. I think uh, he was a guy that, you know, many people, I think nobody expected him to be such a, you know, to have such a big impact so quickly. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, related to what I said before about Kostic, you know, if he starts again over Kostic and if he can, you know, have a have another really, really good game like the one he had against Udinese you know, for a young player. I think that consistency is is going to be key. And, and you know, we saw uh, both Fagioli and Miretti kind of struggle a, a bit uh, with, you know, that consistency last year. They got a lot better uh, by the end of the season. But I think with young guys, what you want to see is that, you know, consistency is not, I don't think it's good enough to just have one really good game is whether or not you can put several performances like that back to back to back that that is going to, I, I think if he can do that, I think it puts the, you know, the the future of Kostic in, in the squad kind of like uh, in doubt, but it also kind of like, you know, makes him a, a guy to build for the future. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see for me if he can, you know, repeat what he did uh, on Sunday and, and, you know, kind of keep, keep winning those minutes and earning those minutes. I will throw one in there uh, as we head out. I will say Wojciech Chesney for the simple fact that I hope that he doesn't have to save another shot with his face. <laughs> yeah, take one for the team. Because <laughs> <laughs> as a keeper, as Sam and I were discussing uh, before we hit record here, I have had that happen to me a few times over the years, and it's not fun. Imagine that. Not fun getting hit in the face. Hey, Mike Tyson could take it. There you go. Yeah, well, <laughs> well fist compared to a ball, I, yeah, a little different. But anyways, <laughs> we'll wrap it up on that note. Thank you all for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the new midweek episode. We will obviously have these throughout the season when there is only one one fixture a week. Obviously, uh, midweek fixtures are still TBD from our end, but thankfully we don't have any of those over the next few weeks, so we still, still complain. So if you want to listen to these as well as previous episodes, uh, like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to give us a nice rating and a review. Uh, follow us on socials, whether it is Twitter, uh, at Juventus Nation on the Twitter machine or the X machine, whatever you want. Uh, Fans First Sports Network, at Fans First SN, all that good stuff. So for Sam, for Chucks, for Sergio and producer Couch. This is Danny saying thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys on Monday.